Hi, welcome to our podcast. My name is Agoni. My name is Addy. And we're way behind the times. Uh, first and foremost, um, if you notice any sound issues with this episode, I'd like to apologize. We're trying out some new recording locations, and uh, we would appreciate your patience. Yes. Anyway, on to the topic. So far, we were talking about way behind the times topics. Now, we're going to be talking about something that's happened relatively recently. Not even relatively recently. Were you alive when the Soviet Empire collapsed? Soviet maybe, Union. Maybe my ghost was alive. 1991. 1991, and so we were interested in talking about this topic. It's out of our usual MO so far. We've been talking about things that are usually at least 500 years old. But we're going to give this a go and we're going to see how it works out. And um, yeah, with that being said, we're going to be talking about the causes of the collapse of the Soviet Empire. Do, 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 do. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Ngoni. My name is Adi. And we're way behind the times. We're a couple of history enthusiasts who love to talk history. Indeed, we are. All right. So today we're talking about the collapse of the Soviet Union. And one of the things that we need to keep in mind throughout this entire thing, it's very important actually, is that we did not know about the problems in the Soviet Union when it collapsed. We were in a relative state of anonymity. Yeah, I think so. I think so, right? Because um, from the research that we had taken place so far, we didn't know that there were so many problems that came up. There were so many intrigual causes or reasons that took place for the collapse to take place. Yeah, and what we discovered as well is that a lot of these things were happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, they were there, the issues were there. But to the outside observer, the country looked like it was thriving at the time. Um, during both, that period. Both, during that period. During that period. Yeah. The period being 1985 to 1991-ish. It looked like the country was thriving. Like um, their, their uh, ruble? Their ruble, yeah. Their That's ruble. their currency. The ruble was high, and they appeared to be doing well. Yeah. Well, in most cases, they masked their ruble uh, prices. They, they forged everything in terms of trying to keep that prestige there to the world to, to, to show that they're one of the most powerful countries in the world. But, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit right. later. Okay. Um, first, we want to talk about some of the other causes of the collapse of the Soviet Union. Um, and to do that, we're going to have to go all the way back to World War II. To World War II. I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, as you know, or as you really should know, the, the uh, Allies were fighting against uh, Nazi Germany in particular. Hitler. In, uh, in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hitler. Bad guy, you know. But, uh, you know, he was fighting against Stalin. Also bad guy. Yeah. So... 
you know, bad guys all around. Bad guys versus bad guys, yeah. Well. Um, as you may or may not know, um, the there was the war on the Western Front and the war on the Eastern Front. So basically, Germany was surrounded from both sides. Um, a lot of, at least, American history tends to cover the war on the Western Front. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the things that happened on the war of the Eastern Front are kind of glossed over. Whereas Russia actually has some of the highest casualties in the world. In mm-hmm. the, not in the world, in the war. In the war. <laughs> in the war. Um, they lost quite a few people in battles like Stalingrad and etc. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of commendations to be had there. Uh, that I don't think they get. That's besides the point here, though. Because we don't want to go too deep into 1942, right? No. Yeah. But we have to talk about the causes that took place right after World War II. So right after World War II, what actually happened was Germany was split into two, East Germany and West Germany. Uh, they built a Berlin Wall to segregate the two, uh, to divide the two countries. And like always, Russia, with whatever they've occupied, Occupied Soviet the east Union. side. Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, the Soviet Union at that time occupied the east side of Germany and took up all the other conquered uh, uh, countries that were under the Nazis' rule. That's the interesting point here. So Germany, in uh, in their initial rise, um, Germany conquered quite a few countries in Europe. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think they conquered pretty much all of Europe. Save, yeah, like uh, Poland. Czechoslovakia and Sweden, Switzerland, 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 Switzerland. Um, And so um, what happened was on the Western Front, right, we have the British, right, they come through, they they conquer a place, right, they conquer Normandy, and they give it back to France, right, expected. But the USSR didn't do the same thing. Yeah, they conquered places like Poland, Yugoslavia. And when they conquered these places... They never gave it back. They never gave it back. They just kept it. They actually conquered past uh, Berlin. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. And so it was a weird situation where East Germany was under um, Allied control. Well, I'm saying Allied. Um, East Germany was under the... Was it the U.S.'s control in particular? Or was it just... It, it was a mix of U.S. and U.K. A mix of the U.S. and U.K. control. And then West Germany and the whole of the rest of Germany was uh, was under under the control of the USSR. A point being, though, that the USSR had control of an enormous amount of territory. Territory where the people remembered being part of a certain country. Remember that World War II happened and ended in... Around in the 1940s, right? Yeah. And the collapse of the Soviet Empire happened in 1991. That's 50 years. Like people, yeah. people from um, from World War Two were alive then. People from World War Two are alive today, but there's memories there, and memories are also a cause of discontent here. And so just remember that. That's the first key point. So and and uh, adding to what he just said. Um, Remember, after the uh, World War II ended, uh, England, I mean, I would say UK was going down, uh, was declining because of uh, the uh, amount of money that they put into their armies. 
So they were depleting, so they were losing, they were coming out of colonization. Yeah, colonization, colonization is a big thing too. The and UK was one of the biggest uh, colonizers in the world. The, the biggest. The right? biggest at that point the in time. The biggest colonizer in the world. No, no, ever. Yeah. Ever. Not not at that time, like ever. Okay. I think Spain might rival them, but it was them. Spain, yeah, maybe. It was Spain or England. Yeah. And, uh, and, and France. And England was the top. Yeah. Of them all. And we were at the point in time where people were starting to be like, hey, colonialism. Bye-bye. I mean, <laughs> this might be a bad thing. <laughs> well, the major countries uh, separated from the UK back then. But um, some of the smaller ones didn't. didn't. But the, the attitude was starting to lean towards separation. Yes. And so the UK, due to their losses in the war and also due to... Their, um, their loss of their colonies were starting to decline as a superpower. And and U.S. and Russia, U.S. being a newer uh, country, started to show its providence in the world. And the reason why the U.S. was able to rise the way that it did, or at least this is a theory on why it was able to rise as it did, was because other countries, especially in Europe, who could have competed with them before the war were ravaged by the war. And as a result, they had to dedicate their resources to recovering. While the U.S. could dedicate their resources, which were relatively untouched, to increasing their economy. And so the U.S. was able to rise as a superpower due to this. But World War II, they came in later, though, because of Pearl Harbor. Because of Pearl Harbor, yeah. Yeah. But as a result of that, they rose as a superpower. And also due to the fact that they had this uh, new shiny weapon called atomic weapons oh oh one more thing also they also had plenty of untapped land and resources as well yes yes that's plenty, true plenty plenty of resources the u.s is a rather large country yeah so those were the reasons and causes for america to boom and and there was also of course their nuclear weapons right now the ussr the ussr was a, a giant and established. I think, an established giant. And I think that's why it was able to keep up in terms of it had the people and it had the means to support them, right? And so, um, and because they had a communistic view mm-hmm. and the U.S. had a, a more capitalist view, mm-hmm. um, the two cultures clashed and it escalated into the war, the non-war that we know now as the Cold War. Cold War, yeah. So, uh, the Cold War, we don't want to go too deep into the Cold War, but we want to actually, we know that Cold War played a huge role in what we, to the events that took place in USSR after. So we would want to like maybe brush a little bit on the Cold War maybe? Yeah, and think, think of the Cold War as a shadow that's looming over all of the events that take place yeah. here. And so we have we have nuclear weapons and weapons of uh, just just regular weapons, right? Supporting your infantry, supporting your troops, and money needs to go there, and resources need yeah. to go there, and because resources resources. I actually wanted to actually bring this out. I'm so sorry. Uh, during the Cold War, I think the Western countries they signed in the NATO, Canada, then the other uh, European countries like the UK. They all signed in the NATO yeah. to fight against the USSR, and simultaneously, USSR signed con- uh, uh, signed uh, treaties with other Eastern countries like India, 
and uh, they started something like the Warsaw. The yeah, Warsaw I didn't, I didn't know uh, India was part of that. Yeah, it, well, when India got its independence, uh, the yeah, they were probably anti anything Britain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay, I see it now. No, yeah. I'm surprised though. India was never communistic though, were they? In, initially, in the first few years, they were they were they were not communist, but they're more a socialist as a country. So like so, China, like China at that point okay. of time, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was a, the the first prime minister was a socialist. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, come on. It's besides the point. Yeah, besides here. the point. Yeah. There was a Cold War, but resources needed to be allocated so that if it were to ever escalate to nuclear war, then they would be able to fight. And one of the crazy things there is that both the U.S. and the USSR had an insane amount of nuclear weapons at the time. Insane. Insane. Yeah. And so we have um, we have a certain principle. Um, it's called guns and butter. Have you heard of it, Eddie? I have. You mentioned that before. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, the principle. Yeah. Is that. Um, you can spend your money on guns or you can spend your money on butter. Mm -hmm. And the butter being consumer goods, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the guns being obviously weaponry, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Nuclear weapons, yeah. etc. Yeah. Right? And so we have this interesting situation here where the leaders are making the choice, especially leaders after Khrushchev, um, were making the choice to spend the money on guns, of course, to keep up with the alarming arms rate that um, that the U.S. was able to keep going, right? And the money didn't owe all always go to, to the military. Oh, go to the military. It also went to other things, right? Research, science. It went into uh, you know uh, trying to uh, provide prestige into the Russian uh, to put up the Russian uh, uh, influence. It went in into the their space program, which is technically a weapons program. But, <laughs> we, but we, we need to t talk about Sputnik a little bit, do we? Go ahead. Yeah. So there was not just in the military land as well. They were trying to uh, have competition in the research and science field as well. And Russia wanted to be first in everything. So they created uh, Sputnik and they were the first ones to... Uh, reach outer space per se yeah. and then in 1969 uh, JFK said okay we want to find the first person to land on the moon and that led to uh, Neil Armstrong being the first man to reach uh, the moon or the step on moon so there so these are small small you know uh, instances where they actually had competition or one, or one was trying to play over the other did you tackle that the reason for the space competition the missile as well yeah intercontinental missiles intercontinental was missiles. one of the huge implications there right yeah um anyway all of these things um have led to quite a bit of discontent and and in focusing on guns instead of yeah. on food for their people yeah right there was a vast state of poverty um there was a vast state of poverty. Outstretching in Russia because the people's voices weren't heard. They yeah. were focusing more on, you know, the prestige of Russia. People's voices weren't heard at all. Rather than this was a dictatorship, right? And it was a dictatorship that um, was corrupt. 
And on top of being corrupt, they didn't take any dissidents. Which... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, sorry. no. Yeah, okay. Not just that. They were also very centralized as well. They were too centralized. When, when, when something is centralized, it's hard to basically... When you have such a vast, vast land, it's hard to basically uh, provide insight through other places around your border or to reflect or to get to other parts of the world so the needs were not reached to the center that easily that well as well you want to hear something crazy this centralized dictatorship was also wait for it corrupt which probably isn't a surprise as you know most dictatorships are corrupt but this corruption was pretty intense as Mm -hmm. well right so I have a quote actually from uh, from Gorbachev's prime minister in uh, 1985. He was describing the moral state of the society. Okay. And he said, and I quote, We stole from ourselves. We took and gave bribes. We lied in the reports, in newspapers, from high podiums. We wallowed in our lives, hung medals on one another. And all of this from top to bottom and bottom to top. This is coming from the prime minister. Mm-hmm. From the prime minister at the time. Um, the state the state of corruption here is kind of staggering. And that's his own money that's going away from the people. Right? And to be fair, this happens in a lot of places, in a lot of cases. But it cannot be... It's a, The reason why it's a bigger deal here is because the USSR is a superpower. Whereas you can have a country like um, like Zimbabwe, right, where they do this type of thing all the time, right, and it flies a little bit more because, you know, like they're they're a small country, they're insignificant in the grand scheme of things, but the USSR is on like a point of global imminence, right, and this uh, this is more of a regime of terror at this point, and the morale of the people it's showing. And they lived in a state like this for years and years and years, mm-hmm. right? And so, even though we were hearing nothing from them, right? Because we don't know about these problems, right? From the from the perspective of somebody in the West um, or just outside of the countries, they're not seeing this. All they see is the Soviet Union. They're mounting up an insurmountable amount of weapons. How are they keeping up? How are they coming up with these weapons? How are they competing in the space race? Right? They're a dominant power in that sense, but they're missing so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, like I, like I said again, with uh, the, the speech that Gorbachev... Um, Gorbachev's prime said, minister. Prime minister. He, it was a pretty strong one. And uh, he, he wanted to do something different. When he stepped into power, right? Who, Gorbachev? Gorbachev. Yeah, Gorbachev. So when he came into power, he did something very different from the previous... He came into power in 1985. 1985? Yeah. And he did a lot of other different things than the previous leaders. He wanted to give voice to the people. Now think about it. When previously, throughout Russia's uh, uh, um, period, leaders where leaders were always having control over the people and didn't give a say. So over the years, when something has been cocooned over, 
and you suddenly burst the cocoon and give it life, it flies like a butterfly, it's, it's going to be chaotic. Now, Gorbachev was a unique type of person, right? Like, these types of changes really could have only come from the top. And Gorbachev was that kind of guy. He actually won a Nobel Peace Prize. He did, yeah. That, that was more like for him, you know, ending, for him to break the Berlin Wall and for providing peaceful talks rather than military. And that was his whole philosophy, actually. He preferred peaceful solutions over military military shows of force. And as a result of preferring these kinds of things, right, people were more prone to protest. And as a result of being more prone to protest, there were quite a few dissolutions of states that happened as a result of him giving people the right to say what they felt. Not just right to say whatever they want to do, even right to vote yes. for their leader. And uh, that gives... He, he landed the power back to the people and it kind of backfired a bit for him in many ways, actually, more than one in terms of, uh, you know, because there were so many problems that he inherited from initially that he actually had to go through just not with the uh, local uh, people, but even poverty for sake, uh, the decentralization, the corruption that was going on. He had to tackle everything. So it was hard for a person who's in, uh, inheriting so many problems yeah, to tackle exactly. one problem after the other. And on top of that, right, he also has pressure from the communistic leaders as yes. well. Yes. Right? And so he has to answer to both the communistic people and the people that he decided to give a voice to. And they're tearing him in two. And he can't support both of them. And it escalates. And not just that. Other countries started uh, uh, wanting independence from the Soviet from Union. From the Soviet Union. So he was also willing to give them that independence as well, and all but, these changes. But like he, he did it okay. in he did it in yeah. a way where yeah. they were still part of the Soviet Union. Yes, exactly. It was more think of the Soviet Union looking kind of like a European Union in that sense. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a closer analogy. They're still under the umbrella, like They're right? still under the umbrella, mm -hmm. but it was very loosely tied. But with these changes happening rapidly, I think the, uh, the Soviet uh, leaders uh, were getting a little bit more uh, anxious and upset, or more like angry because everything was being released Everybody knew about Russia, uh, sorry, USSR's problem and uh, the, the prestige and the hype and everything that once USSR stood by was all gone. And uh, it, it was getting difficult for Gorbachev personally because he was getting uh, conflicts in every direction. And so um, actually, the, so basically... That's pretty much it. Those are the causes of the fall of the Soviet That's Union. It. But um, we have some we have some more quotes actually. Like yeah. um, we have please a quote on, from Gorbachev. Yeah, please go. Um, and what his actual opinion is. It's mm -hmm. kind of cool actually. Mm -hmm. Usually, front and way behind the times, right? The people we're talking about are long dead, but Gorbachev is still alive. He's still kicking, and he's talked in retrospect about the events that happened here. Um, like, for example, he told interviewers later about this. The Soviet model was defeated not only on an economic and social levels, it was defeated on a cultural level. Our society, 
our people, the most intellectual and the most educated, rejected that model in the cultural level because it did not respect the man, oppresses him spiritually and politically. And so basically, the, uh, the Gorbachev felt like the entire Soviet system was an oppressive one. And he sought to improve it. And by seeking to improve it and by seeking to give people a voice, he also destroyed the fundamental tenets of the system. And it allowed for it to further crumble. He wasn't the one who destroyed it, but he definitely was the catalyst. One of the interesting things that Gorbachev was trying to do, that's one of the last things I want to talk about. Sure. I'll leave you to do your closing marks too. (laughs) Uh, But one of the interesting things that he wanted to do was he wanted to switch uh, the communistic state or the communistic design so that it more reflected the communistic design of China, right? And as you know, China is is a communistic state, but they're a communistic state-ish. Yeah, at that point in time. At that point even time. now. Oh, even now. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what China is like okay. now. Right? He was trying to switch China to, or um, the USSR to what China is like now. And a communistic state that's not exactly communistic. And so, yeah. So, with all these things said and done... Um, USSR started losing its power and its uh, say in the world. Countries that tried to be independent uh, left and uh, became their own nation back again. And even, no, like all of them did. All of them. All of them, Holland and all. Because they were divided into states and those states just corrupted. Corrupted. And and so we had eventually the state of uh, Russia just taking over. And that's it. That, that's pretty much it because the countries that separated did not want to inherit the problems that Russia were having, so they wanted to solve the problems by themselves. The Soviet Union. The Soviet Union. They're different, bro. Yes, I know. <laughs> the Soviet Union. And once they did, they thought they could solve their problems better independently. It's not just that, than, though. Like the cu- were, their sense of cultural identity was still there. Yeah. Like the the people who remember them as a separate country aren't dead. Yeah. These aren't new countries. Yeah. Yeah. There were countries in the past as well yeah. during the World War. So, yeah, with that, I think, being said, this is the end of our episode. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. This is a quick episode and a pretty small episode. And I For us, this is, I think, our first episode that hasn't devolved into two parts. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but anyways, I'm Maddie. My name is Super Captain. He's Nagoni, and we're way (laughs) behind the times. Peace. Peace.